Welcome back to the Yellow Box Podcast. This week, we are joined by our lead pastor, Dave Ferguson, as we celebrate Community's 30th anniversary. For more information, please visit us at www.communitychristian.org. And remember, you can always find us on Sundays at the Yellow Box at 9.30 a.m., 11.15 a.m., and 5 p.m. And also on Monday nights at 6.30 p.m. We hope to see you there. Hello, community. My name is Dave Ferguson, and of course I have with me my brother John. And we want to say thank you so much for celebrating with us 30 years of helping people find their way back to God. And so I'll tell you what, to get us started, uh, find somebody near you, sitting by you, and give them a high five, give them a fist bump, and say, happy anniversary, happy 30th, way to go. All right, do that right now. And you know, Dave, while God has certainly blessed us and done amazing things through community over the last 30 years, you know, you and your wife, Sue, and your family, and my wife, Lisa, and our kids, uh, and it's great to celebrate that. I think it's also fun to sort of look back over the past 30 years and reflect a little bit more on just what God has done on this journey of starting and leading Community Christian Church. Which is actually why we're in this place. We're we're actually at Potter's Place Restaurant in downtown Naperville, and uh, if you remember, while we were in college... You and your friend and roommate Darren, my roommate Scott, the four of us, we had this dream of someday let's move back to Chicago and let's start a church and really impact Chicagoland. And so we had the map. We actually had a map in our dorm room of Chicagoland. And I remember taking a big old thick marker and drawing a line north and south and drawing a line east and west, kind of four quadrants. And since there were eight million people in Chicagoland, I was going like, okay, what if, uh, okay, you reach that two million people, Darren that two million people, Scott that two million people, I'll get that two million people. I mean... How hard could this be? Yeah, and I didn't really care as long as my quadrant included Wrigley Field. I was good. (laughs) That's probably actually true. But I remember sitting here in Potter's Place, uh, reflecting on that dream, and I was thinking about that, and, you know, that was kind of a little bit of a naive strategy. I remember pulling out a napkin, and I started, again, drawing Chicago, but this time, instead of four quadrants, started drawing circles. And I think God kind of gave us this dream of what if instead of having one church where everybody had to come to us, what if we went into every neighborhood and every suburb and went to them with the church to help those people find their way back to God? And it really was here at this place on a napkin that God kind of gave us a dream for a different way of doing church, which is why many of you are sitting in the location you're sitting in. Some of you found your way back to God. And some of you have people that you love, friends, neighbors, families who found their way back to God because God was so faithful and given us yeah. that. And it is kind of fun to be back here and think that, you know, what you were scribbling out on that napkin, Dave, really did give life to what is now one church with many locations throughout Chicagoland, giving more and more people than ever a chance to find their way back to God. Uh, but Dave, I have to say, you know, while you were sitting here writing on this napkin, I think the rest of the team was back wherever we were, probably doing the work to actually get this fledgling church off the ground and started so people would actually show up. So I was kind of thinking that, you know, maybe the folks here would enjoy an opportunity to take a stroll down memory lane and actually see what that first service looked like back in 1989. What do you think about that, Dave? <laughs> you sure you want to do this? No, I'm not sure I want to do it, but I think we're going to do it anyway. So uh, what do you say we take a look at it? You okay? Let's go for it. Okay, we'll see. thing I notice is suits. People are wearing suits. What what are you doing with your arms? <laughs> are you are you are you trying to fly? I don't know. 
Oh my. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of speechless actually. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Who's that young man? I think it's one of my kids. Is this a drum shield they're putting in front of you? What in the world is that? Where did you go? Oh, you're back. Nice tie. Thank you. It's, it's, that, it's that red uh, power tie. Wait, I thought that was a voiceover. That's like the squeaky. What, what if the voice is so high. I'm 12. What do you expect? <laughs> Voice was lower than that when I was 12. So a whole lot has changed. <laughs> yeah, a lot has changed. <laughs> but at the same time, a lot has stayed exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, that is true. You know, our, our mission uh, always has been and always will be uh, helping people find their way back to God. Uh, as a matter of fact, the book that we had the privilege to write called Finding Your Way Back to God in many ways is the story of community. And it centers around that story of the prodigal son. And when you think about it, it's interesting. Of, of all the stories that Jesus told, we actually chose Luke chapter 15, the story of the prodigal son, to actually tell on that very first day 30 years ago. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving them. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven. I have sinned against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, I think that's important, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. And uh, when we find our way back to God, every one of us, uh, it's kind of, we have the same experience of coming to our senses. And what we discover is a God, okay, who comes running to greet us and love us unconditionally. Yeah, I don't think I'd ever get tired of telling that story, Dave, but that's exactly why we planted this church 30 years ago, is so that uh, every one of you, your friends and family, could find your way back to God and experience that same kind of life change. And that's why, I mean, this napkin that God gave us was kind of a vision for how we could share it other places. We took that napkin, and then from that napkin, we were able to start all these locations, and then together, so many of us are finding our way back to God and now helping our friends and family neighbors, co-workers find their way back to God. Yeah, so when we look over our shoulder at the past 30 years, which is incredible to think it's been that long, I know we consider ourselves so blessed to be a part of your story of finding your way back to God. And we don't take it for granted that we've been given the honor to be a part of it. Yeah, because what's true for each of you is also true, I think I can speak for John, and true for me. Like I found purpose, a real cause to give my life to. When I found my way back to God, I, the first thing that comes to mind is I, I found meaning. And it just gives me energy and motivation every day to get up and get after what I think God wants me to get up and get after. What about you? What did you find when you found your way back to God? When I found my way back to God, I found a true sense of inner peace and a direction to live my life and show my kids how to live. I found hope. I found peace. I found grace. I found acceptance. I found peace, hope. When I found my way back to God, I found faith. I found peace in the chaos. I found a sense of purpose. When I found my way back to God, I found true freedom. I found a love that um, I've never experienced before. It's 
unconditional. It's consistent. It's comforting. Um, there's, I mean, these are tears of joy. <laughs> but I think more than anything, I found God's love. And God's love transformed me and it changed how I looked at life. It changed how I made my decisions. It changed how I looked at the world. I was able to kind of accept grace and feel that connectedness and feel that the love from God. That grace is what's led me to that happiness, that peace, that acceptance of myself and my shortcomings. Even though every situation that I've been through has been chaotic, I know that with Christ, I'm always able to find peace. God loves me no matter what I do. I found a heart that I didn't know I had. I can love other people. Selfish, self-centered, insecure, fearful. That was the old day. Because when you find love that God has for you, you feel it. I found freedom in Christ. I found that I didn't have to be pent up in shame. I didn't have to be pent up in a past life. Accusations, all of that. All that was free. It was free and clear in Christ. And so you don't have to try to pretend and try to guard yourself. Jesus did it all. That's freedom. There was a God waiting for me that had his arms wide open and I didn't have to be perfect and I didn't have to fit any molds and he just took me as I was and that changed my life. Dave and I are so grateful to you and your dedication to helping people find their way back to God. And as blessed as we've been for the past 30 years, we know the best is still yet to come. And we can't wait to see how God is going to move in and through us from this moment forward. So thank you for making community what it is today. And thank you for celebrating 30 years with us. All right, well, congrats on 30 years, community. How about that, huh? And um, I am, I, I am just incredibly uh, grateful to God for how, um, how he's worked in and through uh, this church. I, I'm incredibly grateful to my brother John. It's been a blast to be able to do something like this with my brother for the last 30 years. I mean, how remarkable and awesome and kind is God to allow that to happen. Um, and our staff team. I mean, we have just, rem we just really, we have talented, dedicated, committed people, I mean, that are part of our staff team. We should just, I think we should give a little love. And if you get a chance, I'm telling you, absolutely. If you get a chance, just express your thanks to, to our staff team. And I'll tell you what, and I also want to say this, I, I am incredibly grateful for, for, for each and every one of you, because it's, it's God actually working in you and through you that's made what's happened in the last 30 years, and we're going to talk about that some possible. And uh, I'll tell you, just turn to the person next to, next to you and just say, I am grateful for you, okay? Both sides, both sides. I am grateful for you. I am grateful. Find somebody. Make sure nobody gets left out. I am grateful for you. All right? Here's what I want to do. I wanna, just for a minute, I want you to think back over your time as a part of our church family. And uh, for some of you, the time might be measured in kind of weeks and months because you're brand new around here. Others of you, it's, it's, been, it's been years and, and maybe even decades but I want you to ask yourself this question. Here's the question. How has God worked in you? How has God also worked through you while you've been here at community? Because for some of you, this was the place where you found your way back to God. For others of you, 
This was a place where you got to help somebody else find their way back to God. And maybe you had that rare privilege of actually getting to baptize somebody. For others of you, you know people. People that are close to you that found their way back to God. Some of your friends. uh, Some of your family. Neighbors. Co-workers. People in your small groups that have found their way back to God. I'm I'm just curious. I'd like to see a show of hands. How many of you either, you'd say, you know what, I found my way back to God. Or somebody close to me uh, found their way back to God. Neighbor, family member, co-worker, um, uh, friend. How many, how many of you, that, does that apply to you? Just go ahead and raise your hand. Awesome. That is so awesome. For many of us, this is also this is a place where um, we really grew spiritually closer to God. For some of us, this was the place for the very first time we discovered, you know what, there's really something important that God meant for me to do. There's a gift that he put inside me. There's a passion he put inside for me. How I can make a difference in the world. And that was just ignited inside of you. And you began to make a difference and change other people's lives. For some of you like me, this, this is a place where lifelong friendships have been formed. And here's what I would love. I would love for today just to be a little bit of a pause and for us to be able to celebrate that and, I mean, and genuinely just feel grateful for how God's been at work. Um, I want to show you a picture. This is uh, about 30 years ago. <laughs> now, I don't know what to make of that. I heard laughs and then scattered applause. So I'm not, I'm not sure. This was uh, actually 31 years ago. Look at those kids. I'll tell, I'm telling you. Um, Sue and I got married in February. And, and when Sue tells the story, she says, we got married and then we went on our honeymoon to Mexico. And it was poolside in Mexico where I springed on her, hey, I got an idea. I think I should quit my job and we should plant a church. Um, she said it was bait and switch. Um, and I think the reason she's smiling here is because she doesn't know what I'm about to tell her on her honeymoon. Um, but I'll tell you, one of the ways that I have seen God at work over the last 30 years is, um, is through this woman. And uh, many of you don't know this, but for the, ver- for the first year in the life of our church, uh, Sue was teaching at the time. And she was driving from here in the western suburbs all the way to the south suburbs, uh, an hour commute back and forth. Um, she was actually uh, paying the bills while I was trying to run around to try to raise money to see if we could start a church. And uh, Sue was the one who believed in the dream and helped finance the dream before the dream was even close to being a reality. And uh, she has been a great wife, an amazing mom. Uh, a best friend and my partner for the last 30 years. And you would do me a, a great favor if you would just express your appreciation to her. I've also got to see God at work in the way that you have loved my family, just like that. So thank you very much. I mean, you really have. You have, uh, uh, have loved my family, and it's, it's nice. My, my daughter Amy's here. You don't have to give her a standing ovation. I'll embarrass her, but you can say thanks to Amy for being here. Uh, this, this picture here, this is, uh, <laughs> this is when our youngest Caleb got baptized here at Community. And if you know Caleb at all, I mean, he's got kind of an extrovert, and he, he wanted everybody. He wanted the whole family, not just one person. He wanted the whole family to baptize him. 
And so we all baptized him, and Josh actually decided to take advantage of that and go for a swim himself. You can see he's all wet. Um, but I love this picture because this is, was not only a great day for us and our family and community, but I think it's kind of symbolic of how it's been a place for us to find our way back to God and how we've been family, both good times and bad, and, uh, and how you have loved us. And I, wanna, I just want to say I'm, I'm grateful for that. But I'm also specifically kind of grateful, too, for how you have allowed God to work in your lives. And then you have allowed God to work through your lives. The, the very first service, I don't know if you know this, but the very first service we had was at uh, Naperville Central High School. Uh, we were actually in the cafeteria. And before that very first service, I remember having dreams, actually kind of nightmares of sorts, where I, I was thinking about the sur- first service. Maybe I was just getting anxious about it. And, and I remember I, in my dream, I would come out into this room where there were all kinds of chairs, just filled with lots and lots of chairs, and there was only like three people there. And, and my reaction was this. I would go backstage in my dream. I'd find John. I'd say, John, go tell him we're starting next week and make him come out and do it. <laughs> And, uh, well, we had our first service there in, in, in the cafeteria, and um, by God's grace, we had 465 people that showed up on that very first Sunday. And it was an amazing start, because the majority of those people uh, hadn't recently been going to church anywhere. And we were, getting to, we were getting to help people find their way back to God. Uh, remember we, we, uh, our very first facility, some of you don't know this, our very first facility was over on Quincy Avenue. We had a, there was a little, just in the strip mall there, had an office park. And then we found this piece of property. And um, in the phase one, um, we built it. And I remember it was actually the neighbors, actually the neighbors around here started calling it the yellow box. And the reason they called it the yellow box was, was the truth was, all we could afford was just a box. <laughs> so we literally built like a butler building. That's what the first phase was. And we painted it yellow. And then they started saying, hey... For obvious reasons, what's with the yellow box? And I remember doing an interview with the, uh, the Naperville Sun, and they said, oh, congratulations on the new church building. Why yellow? And I said, well, everybody knows yellow's the color of hope, which I just totally made up. Um, <laughs> but it's in the paper, and so it must be true. Um, God forgive me for that one. Um, and I remember our very first church plant. The very first church we started um, was actually ended up being in Denver, Colorado. We had, imagine this, we had 35 people. We decided, we were, some people decided they want to plant a church there and we got behind us. We had 35 people. Some of them had jobs here. They quit their jobs in Chicago, got new jobs out in Denver. Some of them were college students who transferred school from here in Chicago out there to plant the very first church. And that would be the, and that was how a new thing, our, our church planting network was birthed. And over the years, I'm telling you, through God working in you and also through you. I mean, some innovative and creative things happened. We were one of the first churches to actually go to multiple locations in the country. We were then recognized as one of the fastest growing churches in the country. By God's grace, we were also recognized as one of the most influential churches. But all of that comes back to, I'm telling you, just God's incredible kindness on this place and your willingness to allow him to work in you and through you. And one of the things, when people are brand new to community, I, I often find myself telling them this, and, and maybe some of you have heard me say this to you personally. I'll say, one of the things about, that's just different about, I think, this church and others that I've been exposed to, it's like, this isn't the kind of church you come to because you feel like, oh, I, need, I have to go to church on Sunday, right? I mean, if there was ever a Sunday to skip, this would be the one, right? <laughs> I mean, you're here because you want to be here. And you, you can feel it in the room, like people are here because they want to be here. And it's like everybody, I tell people this, it's like everybody shows up and goes, okay, what's God got for us next? And we're ready to go. And I'll tell you, I love 
I love the privilege of getting to lead a group of people like that. And because of that, because how God's worked in you and through you, I've had the great privilege of getting to tell your story. And it is, it's your story on, on every continent on the planet. I was, I was just in Brazil the week before last. I was, in, I was in Rio de Janeiro, I was in Sao Paulo, and then also a place called Recife up in the Northeast. And I'm telling you, we're gonna get to plant all kinds of churches there. And you'd be surprised. I just tell the simple stories of how you're starting brand new groups, of how, you're, how you're starting brand new churches, of how, you, of how, of, of how you're being 3C Christ followers. And if you weren't doing what you're doing, everything I get to say over there would hold no integrity. It wouldn't be worth reproducing. But it's because how God's working in you and through you. And now through our new thing network, we have, we have churches in 30 countries. We have over 150 church planning networks. And over 2,400 churches have said they are also committed to multiplying other churches. And I just want to say thank you for letting God work in you and through you. And then also how you have loved me and my family and how you've allowed us to love you. And I am, I, I mean this from the, from the bottom of my heart, I am so, so grateful. So grateful to get to be just a part of this church. And I want to say thank you for that. Um, here's the thing about me, though. And I think maybe it's kind of us as a church, I hope. I think this is okay. I feel like there's almost like two sides. On the one hand, I, I mean, I genuinely kind of walk with just gratitude every day. I mean, I, have, I got a great wife. I got a great family. I got this great church. I mean, God has been so good to me. I'm, I'm just, I, I have been so well-loved in so many ways. I mean, I, do, I just feel like I walk every day with just gratitude. But there's also part of me that also walks with a, a discontent. You know what I'm saying? And I think those things can, can also can coexist. I'm grateful, but I'm also going like, but there's so much more. And maybe it's part of this, this gratitude. I want other people to experience it. And so I don't want us to kind of say, you know, hey, this has been a great run. This is it. Woo, let's celebrate and then we're done. I want us to look forward. And, and it's the words of the Apostle Paul that immediately come to mind in Philippians 3. And he says this. He says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or I've already reached perfection. But I press on to possess that perfection which Christ Jesus possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But here's the thing I'm focusing on. He says, I forget the past Looking forward, say that after me, forward. forward. One more time, forward. forward. Looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. What does it look like for us to also look forward? And I, I want you to fully appreciate this. I am convinced for reasons that, that, that we will only understand when we get to heaven that for some reason, God's favor, his favor is on this church. I mean, we, we get to experience things, we get to do things, we get to be a part of things that are just really extraordinary. And he is at work in us, and he wants to work in us, and he wants to work through us. And I think to impact this community and Chicagoland, I think also to change the spiritual landscape of what's happening in this country through church planting, and also advance the kingdom of God globally in ways like we never dreamed of. But I want, let me talk specifically, I think as a church, I, some hunches about how God's at work and how we need to move forward. One of the things a lot of us have been talking about over the last, uh, the last year, it, it seems like God's doing some new things in us that are different than even the last 30 years. And one of them is specifically in the area of prayer. Uh, as a group, not... 
all of us individually, but as a group, you could probably say we're more kind of activists. We have kind of a bias for action. And I would candidly say, you know, prayer has been an important thing, but I wouldn't say it's not something we're known for or a strength necessarily. But over the last year or so, it's like, I mean, our prayer teams are larger than ever. And then the equipping that's going to the prayer teams, and even our prayer teams are beginning to sense that God's doing something different as they're praying with people at our services. And even this last 21 days of prayer that we did, right, in January, we had hundreds more people participate than that than we've ever had before. Really just kind of searching, okay, God, we're going to set aside this time in prayer so we know what you want to do in me and then through me. And I think we ought to pay really close attention as we move forward to what's going on in our community in regards to prayer. But there's also something, I think, stirring in the area of worship. Um, we, are, we are so blessed um, with community music, and we're getting to write original music that's also getting played in other parts of the world. And as extraordinary as that is, it's not just that we're getting to do original music and just community music. What I'm, what I'm noticing is, I notice that people are feel more free to kind of express themselves and are more demonstrative in, in worship. And I even find people coming to me like, I don't know what's going on, but like during worship, I just find myself being more emotional and they're looking for an explanation of what's going on. And I'm telling them, no, that's the Holy Spirit. That's how God's Spirit sometimes works inside you. And so I think as we move forward, we need to pay attention to prayer. I think we need to go ahead and pay attention to what's happening in worship. And also, the, even, the, even the, the miraculous. We're seeing answered prayers. There's things that, like healings, and God doing things that only God can do. And when you put that all together with prayer and worship and, and the miraculous, I want you to note something else. What we've been observing, too, it's not just in the adults. In many cases, it's actually our students. It's actually, a lot of, there's a lot of this that's happening with our students. And in some cases, they're leading the way. And all I can say at this point is, back to our last series, Open, I think it's going to be really, really important for what happens next for Community Christian Church that all of us are just continuing on a daily basis to be open to whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do, particularly in those areas of prayer and worship and, and the miraculous. Now, for us to move forward as a whole church, we have to move forward individually because we have to do this thing together. And for us to do this together, here's what it's going to take. And, when I got our staff together at the beginning of this ministry year, I said, if there, were, if there was one objective that I would love to see us accomplish this year, one objective I'd love to see us accomplish this year, I would love to see every person who considers community Christian their church home to become what we're calling a 3C Christ follower. Because that's how, that's how we kind of measure kind of devotion and followership to Jesus, apprenticing with Jesus. And so I challenge you, th- think about this. Are you, okay, as we move forward, okay, we're not done. Are you growing in your relationship with God? Are you here every Sunday? Are, are, are you entering in full force like when we do those 21 days of prayer and fasting? Are you growing in your relationship with the church? Are you a part of a small group? Because there's people that need you. And I guarantee there's going to be a season when you're going to need them. And we are meant to do this thing together And hear me on this. When we do it together the way Jesus intended, we can get each other through anything, anything this life brings us. Right? And so that becomes the question. Are we doing this like this? Are we connecting? And then last week, are we contributing? Every one of us, we have time, we have talents, we have treasures, and you are meant 
to make a difference in this world going forward. Are you doing that? We have had such a positive past by God's grace and his mercy. And as I look, the, look forward, I think I see a fantastic future. But no matter which way we look, we look to the past or we look forward, it's always about this. It's always about helping people find their way back to God. Here's one more story. My name's Lyndon Ferrer, my wife May, and kids James, Zoe, and Luke. We've been attending Yellow Box for seven years. Yeah, you get drawn in by the worship team, and they're singing all the right songs, and the lights are, you know, nice and dim, so you could cry it out without people, like, staring at you. Always very welcoming. It was never judgy. It, was, it just, it felt right. You know, sometimes there's those, just those messages where it's like, I swear he's talking about me. Um, those kind of moments where it's like, yeah, I think I'm where I'm supposed to be. For me, like, one of the reasons that we stayed was, you know, we liked the fact that we got to know the leaders at Kid City and, you know, they felt invested in our kids. And when we picked up our kids, you know, they were excited. That was, that was the big thing for us. When I found my way back to God, I found faith. Honestly, for me, it was just kind of one of those where I realized that, no, like I am, I'm forgiven. Jesus dying on the cross for me is so much more than anything else. And I was able to kind of accept grace and feel that connectedness and feel that the love from God. I'll tell you what, those stories, those stories, the stories that we hear over and over again, for those of you that are here all the time, a few will find their way back to God, that's what gets me out of bed in the morning. And we like to dream big, all right? We like to dream big, but let's never ever forget it's people, 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 individual people, helping people, right, find their way back to God. And uh, I want us to take that mission, helping people find their way back to God, the Jesus mission, for us to take that forward. All right, let's pray. Father God, I want to say thank you with just hearts of tremendous gratitude for your grace, for your mercy, for your favor, uh, just how good, good, good that you have been to us. I, uh, please hear our prayer. We acknowledge that every good thing that's happened in this place, every good thing that's happened as an extension of this place comes from you. And we notice and we, we are coming right now just to celebrate that and express our gratitude to you. Thank you for that. Lord, as we look forward, we ask for your continued favor. Lord, we, we promise to steward it well. We promise our commitment and our allegiance and our loyalty to you. And just an openness to wherever your spirit wants to take us moving forward. To help more and more people find their way back to you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.